is Josh Knows Sports, the podcast. He ain't joshing ya. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Josh Knows Sports, the show on anything NFL, MLB, or NBA related. Joining me today is Cody Poe, the uh, site expert for Climbing Towels Hill, a Astros subsidiary of Fansided.com. Thank you so much for, for your time, Cody. Um, so in terms of the Strohs, obviously our teams are AL West rivals. They're currently the top two in the West standings. Um, who would you now... Obviously, you guys have essentially two aces in, in terms of Cole and Verlander. But with the departure of Dallas Keuchel, who would you say is your third best starter right now? Oh, right now? Th- that's a good question because, as you know, Verlander Cole is one two. Losing Keuchel, more to him, the in one offseason was a big blow for the Astros. Right now, though, I would have to say, based on what the team has said, you know, in spring training and, you know, what they've said so far this season, is their number three guy is uh, Colin McHugh, which I think they uh, they really like what he's done in past seasons as a starter. He spent all last season as one of their key relievers, um, mainly just due to just they just had, uh, you know, their rotation was five deep all season until August. And, yeah. uh, but McHugh, they like him a lot. They like the adjustments he's made. Uh, he's really, uh, he's been one of the key, uh, he's been one of the key guys on their staff that's really embraced, uh, uh, spin rates and, you know, the different adjustments they have done uh, on the analytics side. So he's, he's kind of used their de facto number three guy. But if you have to ask me, Depending on what some of their top farms do in the minors this summer, he, we may see one of those guys like a Forrest Whitley, uh, kind of claim that role if certain, if certain events transpire before the end of the season. Okay. Yeah. The, well, and yeah, that, I mean, McHugh, he definitely sounds like more of a third starter than Wade Miley. And I and I say that because uh, Wade Miley was on the Mariners for a half a season in 2016, and he he seems to be like I would say he's probably your guys' fifth starter. Uh, that's like the veteran fifth starter who is good. You know, he he's fine. You know, he's he can pitch it at at a MLB level still, but you know, he's no you know Cole or Verlander or close to. Oh no, definitely. And Miley, he was one of those. He he was a guy they added very late in the off season. At the time, there was still speculation they could work out something with Keuchel. And what's even strange about the whole Miley situation is they didn't even rule out bringing back Keuchel after they signed him. Uh, after they signed Miley, but I think they were really impressed of his rebound with the Brewers last year. I think they saw something they could work with there. Uh, in terms of he really embraced the cut fastball, uh, and you know pair him with pitching coach Brent Strom. I think you're, I think the team was like, well, we can get Keiko level production for a, a fraction of the salary uh, of what Keiko was demanding, and um, 
But yeah, Miley, it's kind of a toss-up right now in Houston between Miley and Peacock. Who's the true number four and who's the true number five? Right now, when they uh, and just recently, when they had about three or four off days in a span of about two, two and a half weeks, they transitioned Peacock back to being the long reliever and kept Miley in the rotation. But uh, like I also mentioned with McHugh, they also got a few starters and the minors are kind of knocking on the door uh, with the uh, with guys like Whitley. Um, you also got a left-hander by the name of Framber Valdez. I'm sure you may be somewhat familiar with him uh, by this point, but uh, they're, they're, um, they got some options internally and Miley – Ever since they signed Miley, Miley to that one-year deal, it was like this feels like just a temporary placeholder, just for probably 2019 more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's and that right. No, and and that seems to be essentially what you know the best that he can do for teams. You know, yeah, he he that is spot on about him being a rental. Well, so do you think that they're in terms of Dallas Keuchel? Because I'm still surprised that that he's no longer an Astro and I am because for a couple reasons. I mean, one, he was the incumbent Astro. I mean, he was the homegrown Astro in terms of the or- organization should be staying loyal to that kind of player versus Verlander and Cole who, who are fantastic and, you know, playoff heroes, but, but um, they were Astros transplants. So do you think, I mean, you know, the, you know, y- yeah, he was, I'm sure asking for, a lot of money that they weren't willing to pay, but was it also, I mean, was he starting to uh, decline? Cause I know he had a couple rough years after his Cy Young. Like, why do you think the Astros didn't resign? Him? I I'm just still stunned. I, yeah. That's one of the things in Houston that a lot of people have kind of debated about, um, you know, especially this off season, like, will will Keiko stay in Houston? Will he not? Everybody kind of this in 2018, the common thought among a lot of people who followed Astros closely. And I have conversations with people about this. They're like, yeah, it just kind of feels like Keiko's last ride in Houston. It just kind of had that feeling, the atmosphere. I think even Keiko himself kind of realized that he's like, look, we're just trying to win another title in 18, which ultimately they fell short of that. But, uh, but yeah, it's a little strange to see, you know, for a club that really prioritized keeping Jose Altuve around and, and a few others, like, you know, they want to keep some of their homegrown stars. Now, how realistic they'll be with all of them, you know, retaining all of them is left to be seen. But Keiko was definitely among those guys. But he, like you, like you mentioned, he had a couple rough injury, uh, injury filled seasons after that 2016. He did not pitch all that well. Uh, you know, he had about four and a half ERA that year. He had various issues with his left shoulder. I think that were giving him problems all season. They shut him down late that year after the, it became apparent that they weren't going to qualify for the postseason. Then 2017 came around. He was very, very effective when he pitched, but he had a pinched nerve in his neck. You know, it, it just, you can kind of tell that he was uh, going through some things. And when the, the postseason came, he was still a really serviceable pitcher, especially in the first couple of rounds. But as uh, I, I think he kind of ran into a wall a little bit in that World Series against the Dodgers and, you know, what became, you know, the infamous game five there. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, I think, uh, when I think the common concern with Keiko was he was never a guy who threw hard. Uh, you know, uh, injuries were always in the last two, two of the last three years were a concern. You know, he had, pre- he, he had a really, uh, nice season last year, even though the first inning was kind of, um, 
he had he has some innings and in, uh, he has some issues in the first inning. He uh, he had quite a few uh, starts where you know he would give up multiple runs in the first inning, and he would settle down for you know the next four to five. Uh, so I think there was just some some concern like how he would age and the aging curve associated with him. And you know he is he just turned thirty one this uh, earlier this year, so I think. I think there was concern, like, well, we commit a long-term deal to Dallas Keuchel. How is that going? They knew what they would probably get for a year or two, and then they're like, well, what's year three, four looking like? And another thing with Keuchel, too, is he did turn down a, a pretty hefty contract extension from the Astros right after his uh, 2015 Cy Young season. He, I believe that the rumor number I've heard was either five years, 90 million, or five years, 95 million. But it was something around those lines. And of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know a lot of people are like, "Well, he should have taken the deal." Well, at the same time, too, we didn't know the free agent market was going to take the turn it did for the last two seasons. But uh, I'm like you, not only with just the Astros, but I'm still quite astounded that uh, Keiko is still a free agent. I, I think there's quite a few major league teams, including Houston, that could still use him. I, I think he's still a very he's not going to be your ace, but he'll be a guy to give you quality innings. When healthy, but I think the health is probably and how he will age is probably where some teams are probably like, whoa, whoa, let's let's try to keep this to a short term pact. Right. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. No. That. 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 Uh. For sure. Sounds. Sounds very accurate. And obviously, I'm pretty sure he. I think he signed with the Yankees, but you know, he's just pocket change for 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 the Yanks. So if if uh, he doesn't work out, you know, it's not going to eat into their payroll um yeah so i i uh, wish dallas well i as a mariners fan i am just glad to have him out of the west but <laughs> um <laughs> but the uh, uh oh um so you know obviously you know every year even if your team wins the um, world series there will still be some turnover you know in terms of uh, not keeping everyone and and in terms of your 2017 team let's see morton's gone uh, Sip is gone. Um, but, uh, Marwin's gone. But do you, so, and, and, you know, but I understand that, uh, that, you know, Sip, that Marwin was not the core in terms of your guys' offense. But, you know, after, after the Red Sox, uh, and I was rooting for, and I was rooting for you guys last year, um, uh, the ALCS, after they humbled you guys up, um, do you, um, think you got, how do you feel about your guys' chance of winning two series in three seasons this year? I still feel pretty good about their chances. Uh, I think they obviously have to figure out some of the issues. The rotation is obviously not as deep as it was last year. Losing Charlie Morton, you know, like, you know, like we would call him down here, Charlie freaking Morton, because he was just so, uh, he, you know, he stepped up big time for us over the two seasons he was here. And, um, you know, a lot of fans were disappointed to see him go. Same thing with Marwin. Now, Marwin, I think, was more for sentimental purposes. Like, before he kind of burst out into the scene in 2017, well, he was a – everybody loved Marlin, Marwin in 2017. But we kind of – I think everybody – I think the Astros kind of saw it as like, okay, this was his career year that just happened to coincide with the World Series run. But – uh the team as a whole, there's been a lot of turnover, but I still feel pretty good about their chances. Uh, they still have, you know, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Springer, Bregman. You know, you still have Cole and 
uh, Verlander at the top of the rotation. Their bullpen is generally considered to be one of the better units in baseball. Overall, this team has a good chance, I think, of at least making another deep run. I think I think this season, I, I don't, that's not so much a concern. The only issue, and it became an issue for them last year, if you recall, that uh, they dealt with some various injuries. You know, losing Carlos Correa to a bad back uh, from pretty much June onwards was uh, notable, especially when he returned in that uh, – when they started making a push towards the postseason, the postseason, he was clearly not himself. I think they pointed out in spring training that he was just swinging the bat this year much more, um, much more, uh, better. Like, it, it, like his swings just looked better. Uh, the, the exit velocity on his batted balls, a, a lot of fans have been paying attention to that. And the same thing with Altuve. And now this is a crazy thing about Altuve though. Altuve was producing at a pretty high level before he hurt his kneecap. Well, after he came, he missed about three, three and a half weeks over that kneecap issue. And when he came back, he, you could definitely tell he was still hobbled, but like he he was still producing at an above average pace and just kind of as the legend of Jose Altuve. But they, they had various injuries. Brian McCann, wonder guys, they, one of their veteran leaders last year missed a good chunk of the season due to injuries. And they just... They just had, I think, too many holes to fill uh, when they kind of came along, uh, and I think it just kind of caught up to them in that uh, series against the Red Sox. If you can recall, they they steamrolled the Indians in the uh, division series, and then they won Game One in Boston. I remember thinking at the time, I was like, oh, okay, this feels, you know, like okay, like we'll see what happens. And then they turn around and lose four straight to Boston. It just kind of seemed like the the bottom kind of fell out from underneath them. I think the the cumulative effect of a long season, I think uh, team management kind of hinted at the time. Like, you know, a lot of guys were going through a lot of injuries, even the ones that weren't really uh, disclosed to the public. So I think I just think they were clearly um, not clicking at 100%, at least uh, like they were the year before. And But so far, if they can continue to stay healthy, I think health is really their biggest uh, obstacle this year. Just, uh, just stay healthy and uh, I think I think they're at least right in the mix for making another uh, postseason run. I would for sure say so. And um, going off of that, um, yeah, I mean, for sure the yeah the 2017 Indians. You know, yes, they finished out. You know, even though you guys won the 2017 series, um, and even though the Indians finished as the uh, top seed, you know, it's still they. You know, they. They started out slow, and they just had a very historical, uh, amazing um, win streak. But the Astros, though, even though you guys were knocked down to two after that, they st- I what I still noticed was that the entire year, the entire season, was you guys steamrolling through. Like I actually, I actually never recall. A, a, you know, I mean, of course, baseball, you know, the, it's it's 162 games a year. So even the best teams, even that year's World Series winner will lose, oh, gosh, a third of their games and um, and have a cold streak like 2017 Dodgers lost double digit games in a row, but still were the NL champs. But I like, did notice, though, the 2017 team just had it all. All the pieces clicked and they steamrolled the entire year. But. The 2018 team, I was not surprised about the ALCS loss because that team showed some more vulnerabilities in that, uh, and 
not in terms of injury, uh, not in terms of the every core three player being, you know, uh, being sidelined at one point for an injury. But, you know, I mean, you know, the the fact that the uh, it took you guys a couple months to get back into the top of the West when the Mariners were there. And of course, you know, that uh, didn't last long for for us. Um, and then in terms of the A's, I'm pretty sure unless I'm wrong, I think in either late August or early September, the A's walked you guys off and they were a game behind you for the West. You guys held on, but it's just, yeah, it, you can kind of at time, you know, how a team does in the postseason can sort of, or no, in the regular season can kind of foreshadow that postseason. So I was not surprised, but, but you know, I mean, I, I was rooting for you guys against the Red Sox and repeats are always cool in uh, any pro sport, but yeah, it's just last year's team was, you know, point being was a bit more exploitable. It seemed and more vulnerable and showed kinks that, that your 2017 title team didn't. And that's just, but yeah. Um, well, so, Hey, what, um, so in terms of your guys' closer, it didn't seem to end well with <laughs> with Giles and uh, him, you know, doing some self self mutilation there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and and in terms of doing harm to other people, or you know, uh, in terms of Ozuna, you know, I I mean, but you know, I I don't think he he should be allowed to play anymore. But you know, politics aside, um, what uh, is do you see him as the right fit as closer, whether short or long term, or do you think your guys' GM should have inked Kimbrel to a to a short deal? Uh, that's a that's a good question. I remember when Osuna was acquired because the way I remember the day kind of vividly when it was first announced that oh Giles was traded, everybody in Houston was like oh yeah we finally get rid of Giles because you know uh, Giles. You know, he clearly lets it all on the field, but like you, like you mentioned, he did some stuff his last stint, a little bit of his stint here that did not sit well, especially I think cursing at AJ Hinch was kind of the, kind of the final nail, if, if I can say to the, to his, uh, tenure in Houston. You just don't, you just don't curse out the manager like that. It just doesn't end well for players nowadays or if ever. <laughs> but, uh, now with Osuna, <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I'm definitely one of them that was quite disappointed to see him acquire a, a, a player with his you know, off the field history. Um, I, that was quite shocking. Uh, but the Astros, they are a very calculated bunch. They tend to like, they'll, I think they will kind of absorb the PR hits if it means like, oh, we have a better chance of winning. Cause that's just kind of been their, been kind of their, uh, MO for a while. And if you go, back some ways but yeah ja, uh, but Osuna a lot, a lot of fans myself and Blue were not too happy about that um, it's kind of uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you I'm uh, I'm like yeah he probably shouldn't be playing uh, it's just it's just one of those really sticky situations that unfortunately we have to see but on, on a pure baseball standpoint uh, I think they do view Asuna as kind of the closer of the future I think they're kind of he's under contract for a couple more years uh, I think they really view him as a guy that they can give the lead to in high leverage situations and feel pretty good coming away with the victory I know I think they're 
uh, Giles, he he completely. Some of us in Houston view Giles as kind of Bradledge 2.0, but just a much more volatile uh, Bradledge. Uh, you know, back from the oh. mid 2000 days, uh, where he just uh, just were uh, imploded in the postseason. It was never quite right after that. Got traded to another team and just kind of rebounded there. Uh, so everybody yeah. kind of was like, kind of like, oh, a lot of people saw that in Giles that we went through with Lidge. But, um, but Asuna to the Astros, I think, I think they feel much more comfortable giving him the lead. He doesn't have quite the history of him imploding in certain situations. And the, the strange thing about Giles was in, in close, in, Save situations, he was fine. Like there was no issue with Giles in safe situations. Strangely enough, he would, you know, he would um, get the job done more times than not. What got him, especially the last season, was when he appeared in non-safe situations. Was the Astros? They kind of made it a point to say, you know, you know, we're going to use different guys in high leverage situations, and you know, they brought in. There are some instances uh, they brought in Giles when the game. When you know they have four or five run lead, there was a game in particular last. Uh, I think it was uh, Memorial Day weekend. They were playing the Indians, uh, and they had a couple run lead in uh, going to the ninth. And they Giles gave up the gave up a few runs. Well, they took him out. Well, in the meantime, you know that just gave the Indians enough momentum to you know come back. And they eventually, the Indians took the game in extra innings. But everybody around that time was like, "This may be the end of Giles in Houston." Compare that to Osuna, where we really haven't had that situation with him yet, uh, minus uh, one uh, game against Boston, the championship series last fall. But I think in terms of just pure on on the field baseball results, I think they view Osuna as a much more viable piece long term than they did with Giles. Okay. Yeah. It well and in terms of uh your point about non save situations, it's bizarre. You know, I have just found and you may have noticed this too, but in in you know, in in all the MLB games that I've seen, whether oh, whether in you know the playoffs or the regular season closers just don't seem to do well in non-safe situations like you know with the dear departed edwin diaz here in the emerald city it's just you know he he was much more dynamite when when it was a one-run lead a two-run lead versus scoreless in in the ninth so it's just it just seems to be a psychological thing that that if a closer is not doing his literal job title you know or attempting to it just doesn't end well so but and but yeah it's like uh like for example you mentioned lidge you know lidge had a stellar 2005 uh <laughs> until he ran into albert pools but you know but he um but but like in in game two of the of uh, that world series walk off bomb to scott Putsednik, uh tie game but so it's just it just seems to yeah it <laughs> It, have have you have you noticed that or could that just be a hunch? I don't know. It's uh, that's one of those. I, I think I have noticed that a little. Bit. It depends on who. It, 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 I think it really just depends on uh, what uh, who the reliever is in that situation. I've seen some that you know, like those are just fine no matter the situation. But then there's some like you mentioned. Like I think sometimes I think the pr- the ramped up pressure on them. I think kind of 
makes him a little bit, a bit more. And of course, I can't really speak to his as I don't have the experience. But you know, at the same time, too, you look at him well, like you think, well, maybe it's the pressure that makes him okay. I got to really focus in and dial in my stuff. Whereas they got a couple run lead, like oh, okay, I can, I can, uh, I can afford to kind of you know try out something different or, you know, not be quite as zeroed in. And sometimes when that happens, you know, guys, they can't really turn on the switch like that. And it piles up quickly. And I think, uh, I think there's quite a few uh, relievers out there. I think that are especially ones in, that have closing experience that run into those situations. Yeah. Right. Um, now it's, yeah, it's, well, and it, it, it's, it's interesting. It just seems to be a, a, a huge pattern and just, well, so with our final five-ish uh, minutes, well, first I, I I just want to say I admire the Astros because um you know I mean I I mean seriously uh, Cody I had never seen a fran you know I had never seen a franchise just and uh you know go and I was rooting for you guys the entire way I had never seen a franchise give their fans such <laughs> such a roller coaster of freaking pain in in the postseason now. 2005 that 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 gets an asterisk because you guys went on to win the pennant despite being one strike away three times at a home against the cards um but like what like comes to my mind 2015 ALDS like i had, i had never seen a like under the circumstances, you know, the loud chanting Astros fans, you know, Ryan Madsen getting shelled. I had never seen a worse playoff bullpen choke. So I, so the, so I, so I've got to say props to you guys for your resilience and then, sh- and then, uh, shutting up those uh, demons with, with the 2017 title. And also though, because those same demons <laughs> made themselves known during your, like, during the actual World Series, like uh, what was it? Your your amazing slugfest game to win to even up the series in L.A. But you're, you're like guys, his bullpen was still trying to uh, choke. But so so I just got to say the the uh, Astros have shown a ton of resilience, and um, I still to this day am saying, you know, I rewatch the um, those um, game four replays just because it's so powerful to see, and uh, and but just I just think to myself. I mean, I still don't know how the heck the Royals came back. So, so uh, we don't either. Guys, yeah. So it's just you know, and 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 you know that like uh, when in when like you guys uh, were an out away from clinching the 2017 ALDS against the Sox in at Fenway, uh, and and you did that. That gosh darn announcer was saying like, you know, let's just hope that it's not like 2015 and. I was around Astros fans, and, and I saw them say thanks. And it's like, yeah, you you should not remind the fans; they know. <laughs> oh yeah, we're, <laughs> we're well, we were we're pretty well familiar with that, and that was like the thing. Well, and, and that was what was kind of so ironic about the whole relief situation down in Houston was was after the 2015 debacle, you know, in that game uh, with the Royals. They acquired Giles that December, uh, or I think it was December, yeah. that December specifically to address that type of situation. And then it just kind of like 
the 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 bullpen of twenty seven uh twenty sixteen twenty seventeen was generally considered pretty good. Then, like you mentioned, the World Series was like if it wasn't for uh Charlie Morton uh and Brad Peacock, <laughs> I'm not sure. Especially <laughs> uh, especially that game seven, I'm not sure how in the world we will won that game if uh if the Astros would won that game without Morton coming in and just like like just becoming like this super super relief face, right. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. No, he was, he was absolute dynamite. The Dodgers could not touch him. Uh, he was basically, he was basically your guys's, uh, Madison Bumgarner in terms of a starter playing long relief mm-hmm. in the playoff game. Um, and then, yeah, just in terms of that game for Royals, I, you know what though? I, and I know that AJ was, was a young manager, but to me, that game is on him because uh, it, it should not have come to Will Harris giving up four straight hits. You are no. six outs away from, from uh, clinching. The um, when when uh, when when Harris let the first two two Royals on no outs yank him, or he should have warmed up Sip earlier. And, you know, I mean the the uh, man he was trying, but you know the uh, there you know you like mentioned pressure earlier, and the announcers said this too. There is something about you know. Will Harris, you know, the uh, Royals hitters, they uh, didn't feel pressure. Poor uh, Will uh, Harris did, you, you know, because, I mean, they were, you know, they were just playing loose because, you know, they were, this was do or die. But, you know, if he just didn't have it and the uh, our manager, Scott Service, he struggles with this. If he doesn't have it or if he gives up uh, hits or walks, if he lets the first two guys on, that's a sign, <laughs> you know, yank him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's good. Will Harris is good, but he's he, he just didn't have it. So I don't know. But like once again, I mean the it, it was it was very fitting and well deserved for you guys to win that twenty seventeen title because of that emotional roller coaster uh, from years prior. I'm still recovering. Just, I'm still I'm still recovering I mean, from that series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But but <laughs> but at least your most recent memory is but at least the the title is a more recent memory than mm-hmm. Royals Gate or yes. Pujols Gate. But, but, but you guys, so I just, so just want to say uh, thank you so much, Cody, for your time. Uh, it should be a valiant battle in this AL West. I'm still stunned that uh, that uh, that my Mariners are in first by almost May. Uh, <laughs> if it helps, uh, you guys actually. If you guys win today and we we lose, you would leapfrog us by a half game. Yes. Mm-hmm. But point being, uh, this has been great, and uh, thank you so much for your time. And oh, thanks for having yeah. me on. I really I really appreciate you know talking uh, talking with you. You know it was fun. You know always enjoyed talking about baseball, and you know especially Mariners fans and like you and you know, Mariners fans in general are just so you know so knowledgeable about the game. It's just it, it's nice to talk to any chance I have it chance to talk to y'all and you know it's just this is this is just a lot yeah. of fun <laughs> yeah no yeah it, it for sure was and uh um uh and uh you guys own us we uh can't solve the astros the, the uh, second that you guys came into the al i was like oh the strohs 100 losses we're gonna kill them no has never been the case. No, so, like, uh, but yeah, well, that's um, like well, that's like back in the old uh, real quick nl central days when the astros were over there uh the 
like even when like the teams like the, like the Cubs, you know, the Cubs, you know, you know, perennial, you know, the, the lovable losers that they are, like you know, all Astros fans, uh, they they always had a nasty little habit of uh, getting the Astros fans when it mattered matter most uh, well, than the right. Cardinals too but the Cardinals are the Cardinals they, they employ some sort of a black magic on their on their stuff I'm convinced <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely agree well once again thank you so much uh, Cody this has been uh, another episode of Josh Knows Sports the show on anything NFL MLB or NBA related with some Seattle sports bias uh you can catch my website, uh, joshknowssports.com. That's K-N-O-W-S. Um, you can check out my Facebook fun facts and commentary page titled Josh Knows Sports. And on Twitter, I'm uh, uh, at uh, Josh, M-A-D-U-E-L-L. That's a wrap, folks. Take care. Uh, at uh, Josh, M-A-D, 